Previously on Algoa FM Breakfast. All right, so this morning we did the short shower shong uh, team, and uh, I, I was very strong on, on my position on where we're sitting at the moment as a city with still using so much water and now being told that we may need to queue for water come uh, December before Christmas, which is a, a real, real reality. Uh, it's it's sort of on everyone's lips at the moment. So it's a very important conversation that we need to have. Droughts and the possibility of taps running dry in the next few months. Now, in studio, we have Dr. Kizla Kaiser, a professional civil engineer with an MBA and a PhD in construction management who's been appointed as a consultant to assist the NMB Metro with water management. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Morning. Thank you, and Thanks for having me in. This is not the first time that you have been appointed to deal with a situation like this. No way. And in fact, I was the executive director responsible for water and sanitation during the recent drought in Cape Town. So very much first-hand experience of managing a city through the worst drought in history. I, th- I think it's important just in terms of your credentials to then just mention that Cape Town is now out of that drought. So yeah, Cape Towns, I checked their dam levels this morning and rainfall has been great this winter. Dams are still overflowing 100.2%. And also what we did as part of the drought was to create a water strategy that would ensure long-term resilience to a drought. And that is part of my role of of why I am here, to make sure that NMB is stronger after the drought and more resilient to future droughts. What are some of the parallels with Cape Town that you're noticing here in Nelson Mandela Bay? So the two cities are both coastal cities. Uh, Cape Town's about four times larger. Um, our water supply systems are slightly different, that this region gets about two-thirds of their current demand is supplied from up north, and that's quite a secure uh, source of supply, and the other third is from local dams. In Cape Town, our supply was totally just from local dams. Another important difference is that Cape Town was a winter rainfall region, so if you got to the end of winter and the dams were empty, you knew you mm. had to panic. People here seem to be aware that it rains pretty much all year round, um, so there isn't a certain time of time of year when they need to panic. And then just another important distinction is that Cape Town's water system is mainly gravity fed because the dams are up in the mountains and the reservoirs are up in the mountains, whereas in NMB it is largely a pumped scheme. So for example, load shedding didn't affect us as badly in, in Cape Town. The wonderful news of load shedding at the moment just uh, <laughs> complicates yes. uh, our lives greatly. But so those are the major differences really which I think are important from a system viewpoint. From a management viewpoint, um, the municipality here is on the same track. They are basically implementing the same type of projects, both to reduce demand at a city level, as well as augment supply through boreholes, springs, and groundwater, looking at uh, additional effluent effluent reuse and so forth. It's very, uh, I I read through the document that you uh, presented yesterday. Very important to note how the systems are very different. Uh, You've just said in Cape Town it works on on, on gravity. So you have the water coming from gravity. There's no pump systems. However, here in Nelson Mandela Bay, this is why we're seeing so many water outages uh, and have had so many water outages recently is because 
if you have load shedding or if the power goes down, uh, it means that the pump switches off. So the reservoir is not getting any water, which means they cannot supply to different parts of, of the city. This is a problem that you didn't have mm. in Cape Town. However, we're seeing that problem now. Now, with stage two load shedding, we could start seeing this happen again, where we're sitting with uh, no water in certain parts of of the city. So we know that the demand management is important. So what are the steps that we can put in place to manage demand? So Wayne, one of the reasons why I'm really delighted to be here this morning is that I just don't get a sense that the people of Nelson Mandela Bay have any idea just how urgent it is. You know, in Cape Town, if you recall, it was the 18th of January 2018, that day is forever etched in my mind, when Patricia DeLille went on air and stated that day zero would happen in Cape Town and taps would run dry. That announcement was made when Cape Town still had between 9 and 12 months of water in their dams. You in Nelson Mandela Bay have weeks of water left. I, I don't personally understand why people are not panicking. You know, everybody should be aware that not only come December or prior to that, when they try to open a tap, the tap won't flow. But when they go to the loo, the loo is not going to flush. Mm. Now, the thing about that is that everybody's used to outages for a little while and sewer blockages and so on. But this will last for months. And people, we need to panic. And this has to be at a household level, at a business level. It should be the main thing that everybody talks about. Unfortunately, with load shedding and COVID, people have a fatigue going and they, mm-hmm. and they just actually can't cope. But water should be on everybody's lips because you just can't afford for half the city to run out of water because people will have no option of leaving. And the city fabric, just the whole economy, will not cope with it. This is urgent. There's so many campaigns out there. We, have, we spoke about it. We've, we've got the short shower shong in the mornings. We've got, uh, Lee mentions, the dam levels every morning. There are some campaigns out there. What more can we do? There needs to be a paradigm shift. We talk about it all the time. But what more can we do to show the urgency of the situation? So I'm aware that a lot of people are aware and households as well. But it comes to a time where, you know, we are all in this together. Mm. All of us need to do it. So people need to take responsibility for their neighbors as well. If you're already using 50 liters a day, you need to go and speak to schools. You need to speak to everybody at work. You need to go far and wide and make sure that others are aware of it. Usually, wherever I've now spoken, I've asked, so who has a a bucket in their shower? And usually it's 20% of people in the room. I cannot believe that at this point in time, people do not reuse their shower water to, f- to flush their toilets. Mm, yeah. A lot of comparisons being done between Cape Town and Nelson Mandela Bay. And I think it's very important. Uh, Cape Town with a population of three times more than of Nelson Mandela Bay. However, we are using more water now in a drought than they were using when they reduced their water. Am I right or wrong? The per-person usage, you are 100% right. We are individually using about 250 litres a day gross, so that includes leaks, business and everybody else. In the drought, Cape Town reduced from 240 to 140. We've got to go from 250 to 150. But, yeah, you are completely right. We are at the crisis point and using... 250 litres of water per person a day gross, whereas Cape Town was at 140. 
Dr. Kaiser, where should we be casting our focus in terms of achieving real impact? Are we looking at households, organizations? And furthermore, if we had to outline you know, a hierarchy of sorts, where would you place household consumption in relation to hotels, businesses, etc.? So the water, water use by volume in NMB is approximately 65% at a domestic level, which means that we really have to reach each of the over 300,000 households, which is a tall order, which is why we are asking the public to make sure that their communities are very much aware of that because the municipality simply will never have the resources to go out to every household and to educate them on it individually. Business and industry is also a seriously important um, factor. And I've heard stories that there are some some industries who just don't care and they just pay for water because they run a profitable business. Generally, business and industry do look at input cost. We're currently on Part C tariffs, so water, the price of water has increased and business would have noticed it. And many businesses over time, like SAB and Coca-Cola, I know over time have, have really worked on their uh, inputs and now use a lot less water than they did in the past. So from my point of view, households, the 1.2 odd million people who live in the Bay need to all understand that this drought is going to stop life in the Bay as we know it, and they need to take action and they need to do so now. So I'd imagine there's a, there's a plan in place. What is that plan and what's the time frame? Charlton, yes, indeed. So it's not, it's not all doom and gloom. If we manage to reduce our consumption and we do so now, the city has started implementing a, a host of projects to better distribute water from Neutgedacht, which is the more secure water, to the balance of the city. Yesterday, we, we launched one of the projects, which was the Blumendahl pipeline, but there are a number of other critical projects. So we have fast-tracked and assessed what the earliest date of when we can implement these projects are, and it turns out to be approximately at the end of April. What we need to do is to stretch the dam water to last until the end of April. As I mentioned, at at our current consumption, we have only weeks left and two systems will fail prior to Christmas. But if we manage to stretch the dam water until the end of April, then we can distribute sufficiently the water from Neutgedacht at a reduced volume to every household and we won't have our taps running dry or our toilets not flushing. So currently from Neutgedacht, we are getting about two thirds of our water and about a third of the water from the dams. We're taking about 100 million litres a day from the dams. We need to reduce that to about 30 and we need to do so immediately so that those dams don't run dry. So this is a worst case scenario. This is if it doesn't rain at all. Now we know that's not likely, but we don't know how much it'll rain and when it'll rain. So this is a plan that we control what we can control. We can't control the weather and yeah. rainfall. But so even if it doesn't rain, if we reduce consumption and we get through to the end of April, then our taps won't run dry. Okay. I feel like I need to address this because it has come through a number of times on our telegram number. And that is immediately when you start talking about the drought, this is the the attack almost, uh, I'm using attack for lack of a better word, is, but what about the water leaks? What about the water leaks? What are they doing about the water leaks? So there's about, give or take 40%, am I right, of uh, water that goes to waste in leaks. 
What is the city doing to fast-track that process of, of fixing these leaks? So the 40%, as far as I recall, is the non-revenue water, which I don't want to talk about because it's a technical thing. Mm. In terms of leaks, I think that NMB is currently above 30-odd percent. Now, worldwide, the average water leaks is not too far lower than that. So it's not a unique problem to us. Water infrastructure grew over time and everywhere there are old pipes and pipe bursts and things like that. And people never have the, have sufficient bi- budget to go and replace pipe systems when they think they need to. So firstly, it's not unique and it's not an absolute failure by the municipality. Water leaks are attended to. Recently, a number of contractors were appointed to increase the capacity and accelerate the rate at which leaks are attended to. In Cape Town, we had the same thing. People were horrified that, you, you know, there's a dripping pipe in the road. Why should I save water? We had the same challenge in getting the message out that the municipality is trying to fit to to repair things as quickly as possible, but they also do do that in a prioritized way. So if there's a burst, you appoint all your burst, yeah. yeah, rather than like a slow leak. So while it is true, the municipality has made great strides in attending to leaks, into lowering pressure, so that the impact of of leaks is also lower because the pressure is lower. So the municipality is doing all it can under the circumstances, but it needs each of the 1.25 million residents to play their part as well. If it does come to a, a case where it's a last resort, I know it's very, very expensive, it has popped up on the radar, desalination plants. Where are we standing with regards to that? So, unfortunately, you know, everybody yeah. came to Cape Town as well with silver bullets and, uh, you know, they, they wanted to bring in icebergs or water <laughs> from Angola and ships and so on. When there's a crisis and people are willing to pay anything for water, you know... Uh, you can you can throw money at it. The fact of the matter is that alternative water sources are very expensive. Desalination plants are very expensive. And like in Cape Town, we implemented three that produced a maximum of 16 million liters a day. That's 16, whereas our minimum need was 500. So if the dams ran dry, those wouldn't have made a difference. They also were hugely expensive and they were small scale, small scale ones, so quick to implement, but it was just uh, for a short term contract. Yeah. If you want to build a real big plant that's going to make a difference in your long term use, it's going to take years yeah. and you have to make sure that your city can can afford it. It is part of the long-term water augmentation sources in terms of the strategy, so it will come here eventually. But for the moment, our demand is simply too high. That's now. That's what you need mm. now. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to wrap it up, and I, and I had this conversation with you off air, when I was in Cape Town during the day zero upcoming, it was known to me from the minute that you landed in Cape Town to the time that I got to my friend's place that there was a huge problem in Cape Town. There were messages at the airport, uh, friends had buckets in their showers, you went to a mall, you could only use one tap, all of the other taps were switched off and the pressure was lowered as well. You went to restaurants, there were notices on the walls telling you that we are in a problem. However, not seeing the same thing here. What would be your message to businesses right now? I think businesses need to 
in their minds envisage what is going to happen to this city if there is no water and there's no water for months and it'll be for about half the city. I was very buoyed. It was only yesterday that I spoke to the business chamber and this morning I am here with the business chamber. We really want to engage. I'm happy to go out every evening and speak to a communities, businesses, schools, whatever. And that's what everybody should be doing. The Metro has a lot of available information on, the, on their website. It's not difficult to follow, but we have to get the message out. And that involves, starts from the airport and it goes to your local spaza shop where everybody needs to be aware of this. So the message is quite clear right now, from business to ordinary citizens, start saving water now so that we can stretch that period that you, you spoke about, December to April, is where we're looking at. Dr. Kayser, thank you so much for joining us this morning. A lot of information to absorb, but I think it's very important that we have these conversations and open dialogues where we can discuss these things. So we appreciate you uh, coming into our GoFM this morning and uh, sharing your expert advice. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and if you ever need, need to know anything more about the water situation, please just call. Algoa FM Breakfast is the business.